You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell with all the enthusiasm I can muster for the remainder of the show expended right there. <laughs> Joined by Mario Hines. Mario, how are you? I'm doing great. I think your expression of excitement was appropriate i think you've probably got a little more in you no that's it I'm actually about to go to sleep i'm mm. taking the rest of this episode off because i it's it's the old thing like if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all a philosophy that i've never really adhered to but i'm going to now yeah i think i'm gonna um appraise no. that in season four because i'm not with that either so that's the show for this week <laughs> Man. Well, I mean, there's some <laughs> about some other teams, no. Uh look, we we do have things to talk about. I have BavadaSportsbook.com open in front of me. We'll look back at all of the super wild card round games. We've got the divisional round coming up this week, though I'm not as interested as I would have been otherwise. Mm-hmm. I guess let's uh let's start this at the start. Only one competitive game. We'll get to that. But the first game on Saturday, the Texans just destroy the Browns 45 to 14. And like, <laughs> makes sense. Like, I think we got into this thing where like they did a great job with what they had. Like they were doing so well with the pieces that they had. But this is what they yep. should have been weeks prior, weeks prior. So I'm like, okay, fine. And that's, you know, I don't, I'm not mad. I'm really not mad. Flacco's Browns career ends on an appropriate note where, yes, he did put up good passing yards. Yes, he was uh, a useful player for that organization. But, man, does he just throw the ball around without any real care for where it's going to go. You know what? It reminded me of the days when I was living in Pittsburgh and I knew that the Ravens were one of the few chances I could see misery in the Steelers fans' eyes. And then Joe Flacco mm. would do this thing where his feet were stuck in the mud and he'd do that weird toss the ball up and then Palomalu would return it for a touchdown. And, yeah, so that reminded me of that. That's what it looked like. I believe this was the highest interception percentage of his career this year. I wonder if that's a function of just trusting your arm to a point where maybe your arm at 38, while still very good, isn't what your arm was at 24. Yeah, it's like just because you have super elite arm strength and we're we're getting away with some shit, and we're also not getting away with it, <laughs> you know, in the critical yeah. moments, now you're definitely not getting away with it. Like some of these throws were just not wise, smart, or could – could not get to the the location. Now ends his Browns career with one would imagine with 14 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. That's not exactly where you want to be. No, not at all. (sighs) What's solid for a Browns quarterback. I can tell you anyone, but anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Literally pick a, pick a number from any season going back quite some time, but man, I didn't see the 45 to 14 coming. CJ Stroud becomes the youngest quarterback to win a playoff game 
He is uh he's really good. Gotta love him. Gotta love him. I'm 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 I mean, okay, I'm I'm not gonna do this thing. I'm actually gonna be real and I thought he would be good. I didn't think he would be this good this fast. And what he's doing now, like to show up in that playoff game, even though that became a slight expectation, that's some crazy. It's crazy. It's not like he he's surpassing a lot of expectations i would say like i think everyone should be real that he is we're we're, we're thinking we're thinking he he's one of the borderline like very good to elite quarterbacks in the league based on just like the numbers are are crazy man the numbers are crazy yeah i'm he's gonna get he's gonna get an uh mvp votes he's going to it's gonna happen i'm not saying he's gonna win mvp certainly it will not but he will get a vote and uh that is a lot more than we expected from CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans who advanced to the second round of the NFL playoffs after we thought maybe they were the worst team in the league though. They're going to have to deal with the loss of former uh, well, future Eagles head coach, Bobby Slowick. I'm announcing that right now <laughs> because uh, that's who I want. That's who I want. Go. Uh, I'm I'm interested in you know so. obviously exit interviews happening. Well, we'll talk about the Eagles and when we get to the Eagles, the the second of these Saturday games in Miami Dolphins in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Chiefs win twenty six to seven. In control the entire game. Elements we kind of knew what time it was with the elements, didn't we? Like we knew what time yeah. it was, right? Have you ever seen a helmet shatter before? No, that was the coolest part. Like that was the great like. <laughs> That was if that was in a movie, we'd say, "Oh, we call bullshit." Like if that was in a movie, like, right. <laughs> but it was very cool. Right. Adam I'm, Sandler's helmet shatters. Exactly. Gridiron. <laughs> exactly. The longest yard. I guess Gridiron Gang was uh, the Rock. Yeah, those are the same uh, movie. They are not the same movie. I stand by the Longest Yard remake is adequate. Gridiron Gang adequate. is adequate. It's not good. Uh, is it though? No, the premise is. What do you think? What do you think the Rotten Tomato score of Gridiron Gang is? 62. Okay, Gridiron Gang, critic score. Okay, divisive film is what I'm saying. <laughs> critic score, 43. Yeah. Audience score, 81. I told you, man, it's adequate. <laughs> it's adequate. Was, was Exhibit a, an assistant coach or did he was he on the team? For Gridiron no, Gang, he was an assistant coach. Him. He was the guy. He was the he was the one the kids connected with. Couldn't connect with Rock. That's sad. That was the problem. That's sad. Yeah. Oh, come on, Rock. Be more of a man of the people, please. And that's what why he gave us the UFL because he failed so poorly. The youth of whatever town that was. The UFL thing is weird. So <laughs> USFL and the XFL merge, mm-hmm. and each had between eight and 10 teams, I believe they're, they're merging these into eight teams. I just assumed they would all play, but it's not, they're turning whatever the, the 16 or 18 teams they had into an eight team UFL league. I think in the meetings, they were probably like, there's still not enough good players. Even though we both, all these guys were quote unquote professional football players last year. Even though, I mean, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Why not just, I think from 16 to 8 is a bit much. So 
I don't know. Yeah, couldn't go to 12 and have some kind of draft or something. Yeah, that would have been fun. It has to be. It has to be something more underlying. I think it's going to be good product, though, to be real. I don't know that I'll ever watch a game. But also, I'll tell you, <laughs> Alexa asked me a question the other day, yeah. and it was it was a like weirdly fair question. And she's like, do you like sports? And I was like, yeah, why? She's like, you never watch sports. And I was like, that's kind of fair. Like I watch, like I watch the Eagles and sometimes the Sixers and playoff games if they're interesting. But like, I feel like I've been watching far less sports recently. You have a life, man. I like talking about sports. I don't, I don't, I just like, all right. We all like, I've got a very close friend who will just have sports on all day. Mm-hmm. And it could be like, you know, it could be Vanderbilt versus Prairie View A&M. And like, he's into it. He's watching it. He's paying attention. Shit doesn't interest me. I remember when things like that did. Um, but <laughs> no, you have to, you have to only care about it in one way for that to stick. I think, I think yeah, your, your way, your, too much, too much capacity for it would uh, would change you. Well, and it's also the the overused trope of once something becomes your job, it stops being fun. Uh, yeah. And I want to go on a nostalgia binge and say sports just ain't what they used to be. <laughs> that's entirely true too. That's entirely true too. But maybe that's because some of the magic is gone as we get older. Yeah, we know that these are just people, like especially professionally, like these are just guys. Like uh, <laughs> the one thing I tell I tell folks, because you know, you know, these are I'm like, man, it's really tough to knowing that like we are leaning into how good of a day like Aaron Glenn is having. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like we're like do your job. And we have no idea if he just had a sucky three days in his personal life. Right. Like, we have no idea. So it, but that for me that I'm aware, more aware of that now than ever. So I think that takes away some of the, like, I'm, I'm all into every sport all the time. Well, and too, like, it's just sort of the demystification of all of it as you get older and like, Oh yeah. Like I know that guy, like, you know, I, I was super tight with a lot of the Villanova guys who ended up playing in the NBA. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's just Randy. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, they're not yeah. superheroes. It's just Randy. Like I didn't take his call yesterday. Exactly. Seriously. Seriously. Like it just changes over time. <laughs> like, Unless I, you've yeah, like, never, it, 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 it's weird. I think, I think to this point, there's two extremes um, where if you've never even come close to like being side by side with it, that you're a super fan. Yeah. Or if you've been in it like so much that like it's all you know, so you're you just decide to stay in it. Like where it's not a job, but just you just like you're just around athletes all day. So like you just do athlete stuff and you watch right. athletics. And I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to have anybody catch strays here. And I'm not suggesting that I'm not I'm not t- answering the phone when my guys call, but sometimes yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't answer the phone and sometimes you got to call back. That's all I'm saying. It's That's not like, not like I'm like fuck that guy. Yeah, but, to anybody that Chris is not answering, to anyone that Chris is not answering, he has never said "fuck you," man. No, but I'm sure you've you've gone through the same things that I've gone through, where like you'll be out in public with people, and somebody will call you, 
and that somebody is somebody who is known to the world for whatever reason. And like, you don't take the call and people are like, what are you doing? Like, you're not, you're not answering that. Yeah. Like, no, that's just, that's one of my guys. Like we'll we'll talk to him later. Yeah. No big deal. Or oops, I forgot to, I forgot to text or call back such and such. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I do think there's some demystification that happens, but I agree. Look, sports are still cool. Sports are great. Sports Sports are great. You know, what wasn't cool. You know what wasn't cool? The weather in Ohio. <laughs> the weather everywhere. But like just like yeah, like having to deal with these bad weather games in the way that the sport is played now. It's like like that's why, you know, with the taking it back to the Chiefs Dogs is like they had no defenders. They yeah. run, they 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 have to pass the ball all over the place. So yeah, two was gonna catch the the short end of the stick and be called uh whatever. And I, I'm not saying that he He's not um, worthy of critique, but like the, he he was drafted to run a certain offense that thrives in this certain the game today. And mm. then you get to the playoffs and it's like the weather says, well, that's not the game you're going to play today. So, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I watched the I watched the highlights of the the Blizzard Bowl, the Eagles Lions Blizzard Bowl from back yeah. in the day. Yes. I caught that just like randomly a month ago. Yeah. And ended up watching through, you know, the cut up of the entire game. And it's just, it's it just, anytime there's not ideal weather, it just completely changes the game because your teams are built to play a certain way. And then if you can't play that way and the Dolphins are one of those teams for sure, it screws you up. It's done. Like that game was done so early and it's just, I'm not one of those people that's waiting for the Chiefs to fall. Like I like when teams are dominant. I appreciate dominance. It's just like, this was going to be an interesting time to see yeah. if, all the things were balanced, quote unquote. And yeah, I'm not even talking about injuries. Like, forget that. But if all the things were balanced, like if the Chiefs could really keep themselves in the title hunt as they were. Well, I thought Chiefs, Dolphins, and Rams, Lions were the two interesting games of the weekend. And, yeah, uh, it yeah. Didn't one of them would warranted that, and the the other one absolutely did not. But yeah, these things happen. The yeah. Another game that was was not particularly close at any point, despite the the score indicating it was a little closer. The Packers forty eight, the Cowboys thirty two. <laughs> now, people, if you listened last week, both Chris and I, because I, I I re-listened to the to the little section where we made the picks, and I feel like you agree with me, my friend. I feel like you saw this coming. Well, I will say, for all all fairness, did not pick the Packers. Thought it was a possibility, but did not pick pick the Packers on my uh, my other show in pursuit of a parlay. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I also officially did, did, did not pretty pick the Packers. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hold I'm gonna hold myself accountable here. There you go. There you go. But I mean, it was just recipe. Like outside of outside of the whole Cowboys never like oh do well in a regular season, losing the playoffs, like. That aside, which I did account for, yeah. the Packers team are the young, ignorant team. They're the Bengals of a few years ago with a quarterback that can kind of do great things at any given time. And mm-hmm. the like, they have young guys that fly around. So <laughs> the recipe for upset. Now, I didn't think like dominating, like turn the game off. 18 minutes in upset right. 
<laughs> but when it no. rains, it pours, or when snowball, avalanche, whatever, it was everything in Dallas. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the Bavada lines specifically, but I will say that I, it was a tough week for sports books, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. It so sorry did for not everyone. go as planned. <laughs> well, let's talk about let's talk about the best game of the weekend, the most competitive game of the weekend, and I imagine the game you're most happy with yes. of the weekend. The St. Louis oh, St. Louis Rams. Great. The Los Angeles Rams in Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Lions 24, Rams 23. Look, brother. <laughs> First of all, before I get into the actual game, I have to tell everyone that the feeling, I'm not in Detroit right now, I'm living in D.C., but the love and the the feeling and the juice and the energy from all the Detroiters sent to my phone, witnessing things, it was a great moment for Detroit. I hope everyone can understand that. I know it's just one playoff win, but y'all got to understand, this is different. 30 plus years Everyone laughs at us. This team went 0-16. This franchise, I mean, went 0-16. Like, come on. Very big deal. Yeah. Very, very big deal. Okay? That's how yeah. I feel constantly right now since the win. As far can as the, I, go, can go, I go, go, go. pause you for just one second yeah. here and talk about a crazy update that I just got oh my from gosh. another team that went 0-16 not so long ago. The Cleveland Browns, specifically owner Jimmy Haslam, is, quote, enamored with the idea of hiring former Steelers offensive coordinator Matt Canada to call practice. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Is that from The Onion? <laughs> if only that were the case. If only they, they went, they fired Alex Van Pelt today, Stump Mitchell, and a handful of other coaches. Got him out of Like, who is the worst possible, the worst available coach that we can hire? Oh, oh Matt Canada. We, we literally saw how terrible he was in division for years. Let's get him on the phone. Dog. What is going on? I can't comprehend. Like, do you hate Stefan? Like, is this your way of saying, like, I'd rather not. Like, I want you. I, I don't. I just. I, that second I don't, contract for Stefanski, I guess. Uh, what? I he actually just got. Yeah, I think he just got resigned. But regardless, put, talk about. Talk about doing everything humanly possible to put your team in a position to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Like you hate. Yeah. That is weird. But on the plus side, for the first time in their 92-year history, the Detroit Lions will host two home playoff games. This crazy, season. crazy. I cannot get ahead of myself, but crazy times. I mean, wonderful game. I got a little nerd. Puka, hey, man, hat's off. Every yeah. hat I own is off to you. Um, Matt Stafford is interesting critique I have of Matt Stafford. I think he cemented himself his legacy for me based on watching him in that game. How so? Uh, I just think he is, he's like, let's see, I need a great comparison. He's like, he's like buying your dream home, but today. <laughs> okay. So this, like, is like a, this is like an Alanis Morissette song? Yeah. It's basically like, it is what you're, what you're, what you bought. You got what you bought. You know what I mean? Like, you definitely wanted it. You're getting it. But it's like, it's, the return on it is okay. And I don't have a real complaint about the house. The house is beautiful. It looks great more times than it doesn't. But, man, I thought this would feel better, having having this house. Yeah. And that's what Matt Stafford feels like to me. It's like, he's basically, he's tough. 
great arm, obviously a tremendously gifted um, understanding football to the point where he understands um, he's not just trick throwing, like which could was also a, a cool thing, but he's doing it based on his understanding of football. Mm-hmm. So like he's all these things and still you don't get a lot out of it. You don't get a lot out of them. You know, they got their the perfect recipe for a Super Bowl um, is when he walked into that Rams organization with the pieces they had. For sure. But he, he can't do anything else with that. Yeah, and this is a team that got as lucky as they possibly could in, over the last couple of years. Well, look, give credit where credit's due in terms of identifying talent mm-hmm. to get Kyron Williams, to get Puka Nakua, to get those two studs on the defensive line all third round or later. That's how you keep teams good. You don't, mm-hmm. this kind of thing doesn't happen very often. And then Matt Stafford was, like you said, he was fine. And I think the one thing we can take away from this is if you ever have the opportunity to bet on Matt Stafford losing at a, at Ford field in the playoff game, put all the money you have on it. Absolutely. He's going to lose in Fort field. Like he got there, he forgot. And then he remembered. Yeah. Turning to the Monday night games, the Pittsburgh Steelers 17, the Buffalo Bills 31. Yeah, no point in watching that also with the weather. No point. That was rough. And the the field was awful. The stadium was ridiculous. It was uh it was closer than I expected it to be. I will say that, though I guess I guess Pittsburgh gets that touchdown in the fourth quarter to to bring things a little closer. Just not interesting. Just not yeah, an interesting. Even game. even even without, but even without the weather, like this is not the Chiefs Dolphins. Like, oh no. no, the weather, like not interesting. And then you add the weather on top, and it's like, okay, Bills, just do the thing. Yeah, let's let's watch Mason Rudolph play today. Nobody <laughs> wakes up and they're like, man, I can't wait till Mason Rudolph's chucking the ball around. Big Mace, can't wait. The final game of a lot of things. Hopefully the Nick Sirianni era. The Philadelphia Eagles, nine. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 32. Eagles outscored 16 nothing by the Bucs in the second half. Um, How do you feel, man? I can tell you well, how I feel. I hope. <laughs> look, you know I was very torn on this because I, I sort of, in a way, wanted to lose because I feel like they – wide-ranging changes are necessary, and those kinds of changes are only going to happen if there's a catalyst like this to make them happen. But then, you know, the game's coming up, and you're like, eh, it's the playoffs. We could win the Super Bowl. That would be cool, too. That's what I want. And this was fucking tough because at no point did I feel like the Eagles were in the game from the first second when the Bucks go up 3 nothing, and the Eagles would never, never lead throughout. They didn't seem like they wanted to be there. They, at they were getting zero blitzed and the, they consistently the, the Bucks weren't really hiding the fact that they were zero and the Eagles were throwing fucking deep outs, like <laughs> nothing in the middle. There's no zone. There's no beaters. There's nothing in the short zone. They barely threw the ball in the middle of the field. This could not have been a worse game plan. And people say, okay, well, you know, Nick Sirianni, maybe mm-hmm. he deserves another chance. Nick Sirianni had, what seven weeks eight weeks to fix these problems and mm-hmm. nothing happened so i don't care oh, if it was brian happened, man only they got progressively worse yeah i don't care if i don't care if it's brian johnson calling the plays or what 
at the end of the day, the head coach needs to step in and make adjustments. All this happened under his watch. He can get the fuck out for as far as I'm concerned. I've, I've got my staff in mind. I've made it very clear who I want. Bobby Slowick's my head coach. Wink Martindale's my defensive coordinator. Frank Reich is my offensive coordinator. Let's go Philadelphia. Send the email now. Send it. Send it. <laughs> unless we can, unless we can uh, outpay the, the Browns from Matt Canada. Oh, you're done. I mean, good luck. Get in line for the Matt Canada. <laughs> Can't even finish that silly thought. And, uh, I, and I also hope that this is, this, se- this season teaches Howie Roseman the lesson. And I think Howie, for the most part, does a very good job. But she so consistently undervalue different positions, specifically safety and linebacker. Just bit them in the ass all year. Cut the they shit. gave up. If a team wanted to complete an eight-yard pass across the middle, they could without pretty much anything getting in the way. The linebackers were terrible. The safeties, aside Blankenship, who was okay, terrible. I don't know what happened to Kevin Byard, but he's just flat out trash now. James Bradbury. We made the made the classic mistake of giving James Bradbury a contract extension. It has yeah. never worked for any team that's tried it. And the <laughs> Eagles learned their lesson the hard way. Yep. Yep. And yep. You know, all things came crashing down, man. All things came crashing down. And uh, this is the result. And sweep up what you can. Keep the things that aren't too dusty. And uh, and re- reassess, rebuild, bring in the folks that can make it right. How do you feel about Jalen? I so you you read the uh, the article was out there early in the day that Jalen Hurts has been unhappy and fairly vocally unhappy behind the scenes with the how the offense is going. Now it's kind of difficult to ascertain whether or not it's Jalen and Brian Johnson versus Sirianni, but Jalen and Sirianni are unquestionably on different sides. It's just a matter of where Brian Johnson falls in the middle of that. I think Jalen did fine. I don't blame him. The play calling, it was atrocious. He's not calling the plays. I don't love every decision he makes. I <clears throat> I think he plays hero ball a little bit because he's so confident that he can get away from people. I would not be surprised for there to be some sort of knee surgery that gets announced in the next couple of days. I think he probably hurt his knee the first or second game of the season because he just hasn't moved very well since then. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of things needed to be changed. A lot of changes needed to be made. And you know, let's find out what happens now. I, I can't wait for guys like Quez Watkins to never play a game in Philadelphia again. <laughs> I can't wait for, I, I can't wait for half of the defense to be gone. Bradbury can't be gone quick enough. Uh, Bayard can't be gone quick enough. The linebackers. I mean, boy, Shaq Leonard is washed. He knows he's washed. He even said he has decisions to make this offseason as to whether or not he wants, to, you know, the, alluding to the fact of whether or not he wants to play football anymore. Zach Cunningham was adequate early in the year, then got terrible. Uh, Bradley Roby was on the was on, on the couch week ten for a reason. Avante Maddox can't stay healthy. the The defense needs about fifty percent change in terms of the the players, and it's uh, we're going to see it. There's a, quite a challenge for Howie Roseman this offseason. Yeah, yeah. And uh, do you give do you get the last question here for me? Mm-hmm. Do you give do you give Howie that? That uh, good faith that he'll yes. do it. Okay, cool. I yeah, would. no, I, and Howie, yeah. I trust. Yeah, I would. I don't, I don't trust the rest of these idiots. Um, but in Howie, I trust. And I guess we can't talk about this game without talking about the fact that it was the final game in in the NFL career for Jason Kelsey. Yeah, who, dog. 
will go down as one of the greatest centers to ever play the game, six-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, and just like not only a great football player but a great man. Is tough, tough to replace somebody like that. He will be remembered as one of the best Philadelphia Eagles ever. And uh, you know, enjoy your podcasting career, Jays. Enjoy that shit, man. Last of a dying breed when it comes to the way he played the game at center. Um, and apparently, it also it also came out that he hates, just hates being a part of the brotherly shove. Just <laughs> hates it because of what it means for him. Is that every single play, his job is to get as low as possible and have several thousand pounds of mess on top of him. Yeah, that was a sacrifice every time. I'm glad he's done with that. Well, I'm not glad he's done, but I'm happy for him. Now there you go. the team gets to transition to Cam Jurgens at center, and we'll uh, we'll we'll see how things go. I mean, the offensive line is not an issue, uh, which as long as Jeff Statlin's here. By the way, the only two coaches I would keep in this organization is, are Jeff Statlin and Michael Clay, the special teams coach. Everybody yeah. else can get fired. I don't care. Go do your thing. Um, by the way, I'm going to make a prediction right now. I've made it elsewhere publicly, so I'll just say it here. I'm going to make my prediction for comeback player of the year next year, Mario. Mm-hmm. That player, coached by Bill Belichick, is Atlanta Falcons quarterback Russell Wilson. What the fuck is going on? I'm saying this right now. <laughs> Belichick is, Belichick takes that team, unless he takes the Dallas job, which is which is possible. Belichick goes to Atlanta. He's going to want a veteran. You know that. Russell's going to be the best option. Russell wasn't bad. He just wasn't good. You put him with Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Bijan, eighth pick in the draft. I'm telling you, this is we're going to be talking about how how much of a genius uh, Bill Belichick is and how great Russell Wilson remains next year. Look, I was talking to someone at lunch today. Yeah, and I said that they they there was a question floating around about like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and they said outside of Tom Brady, like where do you feel Bill Belichick falls? And I said it's a rel- relatively is the operative standard coaching career outside mm-hmm. of it you know and and the, the reason why i say relatively because we're talking greatest coach of all time type shit understood so and i agree so if he does this it will change my mind if look i'm not i'm not saying say. the falcons are going to be great i'm not saying the falcons or her super bowl team next year i'm mm-hmm. just saying i think these people are going to align in atlanta and i think it will be a good fit for russell wilson well sierra's from atlanta so that i can buy it now it's a guarantee. It's a goddamn guarantee. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk about this week's slate of NFL games. Much less interesting to me. The on, uh, Saturday games, the Houston Texans first up in Baltimore, take on the Baltimore Ravens, and uh, Bavada has this one, Ravens minus nine and a half. Do you like sports, Chris? Jeez. Um, uh, not today. <laughs> Although Sixers got a big win over the Nuggets last night. So yeah, you. yeah. No, I'm 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 running with this line. I'm so sorry, Houston. You're gonna have to make me a believer here. You're gonna have to make me a damn believer. There's no way that I think that the Ravens walk into this home game with so much chatter around their leader. Yeah. And get into a dogfight. There's no way. They allow this to happen. Whose coach, the brother, his brother just won a national championship. There's no way. There's so many elements outside of just the the matchup mm-hmm. that I think drives this team to 
hitting that 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 nine that nine number you know winning by 10 that it it, it I can't see it not happening I actually think that it's going to be such a controlled game by Baltimore that we talk about what's next for the Texans in a relatively endearing way good job for getting here it'll be that much in control so give me the Ravens with that line for sure yeah, I think that opened at nine is now up to nine and a half. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers in San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Uh, this is another nine and a half point line at Bavada. I have bias here. So I have to say that I'm going to mm-hmm. talk outside of that bias, but it's work for me okay. because I think, I still think that the Niners have chinks in the armor. I know they're playing at a high level and they're p- doing what they do very well. I think they had extra motivation from their slump to, I just have to say it, feeling like they're just better than the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that. They have weirdly made their season about being better than the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was, and, and I'm, this is not, this is not something that I'm conjuring up in my head. Like they're star players. <laughs> <laughs> reference the Eagles all year. Yeah, like the entire year their star players reference the Eagles. So I don't know how much of that lack of motivation comes back to highlighting those chinks in the armor. Uh Kyle Shanahan has playoff um production to prove and last but not least I may be and this is where the bias slightly trickles in. I may still be on a Jordan Love high from what he did to the Cowboys? From what he has done over the last third of the season, in fairness. In in real fairness, yes. I haven't been as tapped in as I want to because one of those games was against the Lions on Thanksgiving. And I, so yeah. I've tried to hate the Packers as I usually do after that. And so I'm like, if a guy, again, similar to the Cowboys with much less, I feel great about this, if a guy can shake up or disrupt that defensive front of the Niners, it's Jordan Love and his ability to be as accurate as anyone in the league. What the fuck? So, you know, I right now I'm going Packers against the line, but Niners to win. But just be careful. Because if the Packers win, then I'm feeling really good. <laughs> I just want you to know. I'm going to be furious if the Packers win. And that would have meant... <laughs> The winner of what would have been the Eagles-Lions game would have to beat the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. Correct. You see where I'm going with this. Although a Packers team that had then beaten Dallas and San Francisco. So yeah, you can't take them overly lightly. You can't. You can't. The Kansas City Chiefs are in Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. Bavada has the Bills minus three at home. And the thing I think is most interesting about this game, aside from Texans-Ravens at 43 and a half, this is the next lowest over/under of the uh, of the divisional round at forty five, and this is a game that includes the Kansas City Chiefs. Isn't that crazy? Kansas City Chiefs with Josh Allen on the other side. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. It's kind of nuts. It's par. It's par now. I think though. See, here's where I uh, I mix myself up. I, I'm mixing the competitive edge of of Patrick Mahomes and the coaching of Andy Reid mm-hmm. with the capability of the chiefs offense <laughs> like they can be as fired up and as as on point as they want to be and some of these plays just won't get made so i can't say that they'll have this out of body high scoring experience because they're playing the bills so i think 43 is about right i'm i'm conflicted though because the bills still <laughs> i think a lot of what the bills were doing 
in the past when they when they were up against the Chiefs were wanting to beat the mighty Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And so, how much of that mystique being gone impacts the Bills' level of play and walks them into a loss that they didn't mean to have? So I'm actually conflicted, and I'm gonna go against my better judgment, and I'm gonna go straight gut, and I'm actually gonna go Chiefs upset here. Chiefs, and then you get money line uh, plus one thirty. It provide a good value for that. Yeah. The final game. Well, it's not going to be the final game played, but the final game we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Mario, the Lions are six and a half point favorites in the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> ah, my friend, the game has to be played. The game has to be played. That's why we play the game. Shout how out do you feel? Speaking Carly. of games, how do you feel about CJ Gardner Johnson not being able to keep his mouth shut? You know what? It his his, his anything he had to say. And has to say ongoing sounds like the the um charlie brown charlie brown uh teachers for me because we're in such mm-hmm. a good position that i don't like i'm not even gonna bother telling you to shut up because it's just noise right now we're bigger than whatever you got going on i know you have your personal like thinking that you are <laughs> maybe some reason why this is happening and don't get me wrong his contribution makes a difference on the defense mm-hmm. uh, in total, but whatever, dog. Like, <laughs> whatever. Um, but, man, Chris, when I realized, because I mean, the Eagles are the Eagles, and I have some weird respect for them. When I realized we were going to play the Buccaneers. It's funny, because I don't. Like, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Transference, I guess. Uh, I, I'm like, I don't even know if I, I believe in sports jinx. I don't even know if I could jinx this one. Like, I asked my Detroiters, what are we doing for the NFC Championship game? That's what I ask. That's what I ask my Detroiters, man. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I stand by it. Well, yeah, there's, it. A, there's a scenario where if the Packers win, you guys would host the championship game. Now, Chris, <laughs> we've talked about a lot of things over the last three weeks. A lot of things about planning. A lot of things about where I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. I am not going to bull jive you and think that I have any chance of getting an NFC championship ticket to Fort Field. But I am willing to be accosted by security <laughs> and and fight try to fight my way in if if the Packers win and it's a Lions home game. Yeah, what did we say right after the game you and I were talking after the Lions game? And I think the cheapest ticket was a thousand dollars at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. For this round, not For this the round. championship. And round. and <laughs> flights from DC to Detroit, typically a buck forty, buck seventy one way. Three eighty, the night of the of the win. <laughs> that's I'm sure that's a coincidence, right? I mean, you know, who knows these things? Sure, that's a that's a coincidence. Yeah. Nobody would price gouge. Who does that? That's unethical. Bunch of bunch of shitty people. Yeah. Unethical shitty people. <sighs> I can't like, it's it's got to be so weird to be in this good a position if you're the Lions, man. I can't, bro. I don't think I don't think I actually have let it sink in. I don't think so because this, I don't, man. Look, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this is, Chris. I have no clue. Well, you can you can thank the Jacksonville Jaguars in part for helping build your defense by the bizarre choice to take Trayvon Walker with the number one pick in the draft over the clear cut best player, Aiden Hutchinson. 
who over the last like five weeks has turned into one of the three or four best defensive ends <laughs> in football. It's so, and this is what we this is the thing that um that we saw that made him that prospect, right? This weird, like steady, steady, steady elevation at the the most perfect time rivalry games in college, you know, like playing well, like outside of your mind. And, you know, some people like it's that it factor, that juice, you know, of course, he's a hard worker, you know, talent, whatever. But like there's that thing, you know, that some guys have and he must really have this thing. So thanks. Thanks, Jacksonville. Kind of stats did Trayvon have this year? I'm gonna check. I think he leveled up a bit. Trayvon Walker, let's see, playing linebacker on that defense. So not apples to apples, but Trayvon, okay, 10 sack season, but three and a half last year. Just absolutely abysmal last year, but he played mostly uh, hand down last year. Yeah. What's still, you like to get more than three and a half sacks if you're the number one pick in the draft? I agree. Number one pick in the draft. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't think anybody looks at these two and says Trayvon Walker is a better player than Aiden Hutchinson at this point. Can't do it. You can't even come close. Because I mean, a, a lot of okay, Aiden does also so much more. So let's uh, yeah, good job, Trayvon is what I was there. Good job, Trayvon. All right, well, congratulations to you. I'm excited. I need more energy, you. Chris. We're talking. <laughs> I am. Um, so excited about everything. My life is amazing. <laughs> Wahoo. Wahoo. Um, and I'm going to slow that down in post. Yep. No, look, I am uh, for the remainder of the playoffs. I'm a Lions fan. Uh, I hope uh, I would like to see them win three more games. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. But really, I'm just, just rooting for everybody to have a good time. Oh, man. That's how you know your team let you down. I just want to say, I once said to folks when the Lions were real bad, I just like good football, man. <laughs> And that's where you and are. It was, it was hard to find in Detroit for a while. But Dan Campbell has brought good football back to Detroit. He said, he told the he told the folks, he told the management, I will make you proud. Dan Campbell is a legend. Okay? I, I was in as soon as he, he had the biting their kneecaps comment very early on. And can we just say that he's he our guys are doing just that? Can we no, say he he is Campbell has absolutely been the right hire. I, he's an unconventional fit for a lot of reasons, and he would be the kind of guy that would I would would scare the shit out of me to hire as my head coach. Mm-hmm. But man, he the return has been a thirteen out of ten for Dan Campbell. <laughs> absolutely, couldn't be happier for him. Couldn't be happier for that team. So go Lions, I guess. And let me just leave you all with one more wahoo. <laughs> That's going to be it for this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horbidale, joined by Mario Hines. We'll see you next week.